welcome to Everyday Dances. Uh, this is just another session with uh, Geraldine Balcazar, who is an awesome uh, contemporary dancer and dancer. Um, yeah, know her through, I guess, a few, a few different performance works that we've um, done together. But um, yeah, she's really creative and branches out into different areas with her dance, um, including um, body-mind centering and looking at somatics, um, healing aspects of dance. And I thought she'd be a great person to speak to. Um, so yeah, Geraldine, um, if you could maybe, uh, just give us a brief, yeah, rundown of yourself as well. And like, um, and your connections with dance and, um, yeah, maybe a bit of your, your background and where, and where you are with dance at the moment. Nice. Thanks for inviting me, Adam. It's, um, it's really exciting to, to be talking to you and to, to be talking dance, but also to be talking about, um, dance in in a really open available way that um that i think we've both connected with um which i really resonate more with um i guess the term if we were going to identify it as anything as movement um and i guess that that kind of leads me into where i'm at with my movement at the moment uh, i've got a 16 month old which is uh first first baby Max and um, I think watching him move and develop to the stage that he's at at the moment has really for me been my practice of movement for the past 16 months I guess more externally um, rather than moving and, and doing the, the dance myself um, so it's been really also like a really good way of remembering where our innate movement comes from mm -hmm. um, as grown-up adults. I think it's been a really good way to remember, remind myself that um, training and technique is one thing but that we can all definitely move in our own unique ways and that training or no training is um, uh, I think a matter of choice in in many of um, dances but also I think for many of us um, when it comes to training or even performance opportunities and you know the notion of rehearsal and going over any kind of certain movement um, it's a choice as well um, that you know if if we're if that opportunity comes into our lives that we have the opportunity to um to repeat movement i guess which is you know what training has become so i'm really where it is that i'm at with my movement is training versus untraining um mm. i find it a really interesting place for me to be so yeah i guess my my very very original place of movement was Chile which is where I was born mm. and um, and in Chile it's it's really traditional for all children to learn traditional dances well it was when I was born there um, in the 80s and before then so traditional dancing traditional Chilean dancing is is part of school mm. that everybody has to do yep. and um, on top of that I also was put into a ballet class at the age of three, I think, which I ran away from. <laughs> um, and then I, my other part of, I guess, formal dance training was when I 
migrated to Australia and then started doing training in jazz, tap and ballet when I was, I would have been about 12, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, continued to do little bits and pieces at school and kind of like, I think performance is really um, what I remember from a really, really young age mm. in, in how movement has become a really big part of my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just, at the moment, just feeling, um, I guess, in a place, it's the beginning of a new year. It's 2021. And, you know, it's kind of that, like, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm really reflecting on what I would like to do this year with, for myself, with my movement. And um, so it's, it's a big question mark, you know, as to, I think, maybe continue to go deeper into the practices that I have been working through, particularly um, body-mind centering. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, doing a more the the physical side of of a yoga practice as well, which I'm I've been really missing. Yeah, I could imagine like because you you know being a yoga teacher yourself, you know, I could imagine that would be something that you yeah you would be missing. Yeah, yeah. Um, is yeah, thanks. So it's just funny, I guess, that we've known each other for quite a while now, and yet I didn't know like I guess all of that history with your dance as well, and yeah, it sounds really like a really rich culture, I guess, you know, from like having dance introduced to you, like, I guess those Chilean dancers to you while you're at school as well. Like that sounds really, yeah, really great. You know, just feels like something that we miss a lot. um, I guess in, yeah, in, in Australia, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, It's funny when I'm, when I moved here, when I was eight, um, the primary school that we went to, it was actually, compulsory to do line dancing oh wow so it's kind of like that you know that practice of of moving especially in partner dancing um it became you know continued to be part of my schooling even when i when i came into primary school in australia oh wow that's really cool um What were the what were some of the like the dances that you'd had to learn in Chile? Like what were like is it partner dancing or is it kind of It's um it's partner dancing in the sense of like in storytelling. Okay. But there's a lot of um you know Chile is a is a coastal town as well as a mining country as well. You know there's mountains all along as well. We've got the ocean and down in the south we've got lots of green country pine and then Antarctica when you go further south and then in the north we have uh, the Atacama Desert there. So the the dances are very much based on all the different parts of Chile and I guess the dances that you would learn would be dominant um, as to the focus of what happens in that particular town. So I come from a, a really big fishing town yeah. Um, which is Viña del Mar, and the majority of my family still lives there. My my last grandparent um, was still living there. She passed away towards, um, I think, in November of 2020. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, you know, like a, a big part of, of our family history that I guess in a way um, we had to let go of from, from quite a way 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 really far away from being here yeah but um 
yeah, growing up, I, I specifically remember, you know, pretty much every every neighbour, you know, like along almost every street was a, a fisherman and going down to the, the harbour to, you know, pick fresh fish and, and and that traditional tradition still stands but the fishermen aren't as, they don't have as much work as what they once had. So the majority of the dances that I would have learned in that area were very much about, you know, like a man and a woman um, doing the fishing chores and, you know, coming together and, um, you know, that side of things. Oh, wow. That's really great. And then the music yeah. that accompanies that um, those um, dances as well. Yeah, cool. It was really interesting as well just to... Oh, well, thanks Thanks for sharing that. But it was just really interesting as well, like when you were first talking about, when I first introduced you and you then started to talk about movement, you know, and making that distinction between movement and dance or I guess, or choosing how to frame, yeah, like I guess how to frame your practice. And yeah, I was just wondering if, yeah, you can talk about like, um, like why it is like you choose movement to rather than dance to say like that's what you I guess maybe you're interested or like what your, like what your practice involves at the moment and, and maybe how you make that distinction between movement and dance for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely been, um, part of my work as well as part of my, my interest and my personal experience with dance that I have moved more towards referring to it as movement. And I think the word movement I have found opens up a door to more people that aren't necessarily dance trained Mm. that I have really tried to, as much as I can with my classes that I teach, to open up the opportunity to people that wouldn't generally go to a technical dance class. And that for me has been a really, really important part of my work to make movement available Mm. to as many of us as possible, like including, you know, trained dancers that what is the innate movement in us? Like what outside of the training, how do we then connect with what our stories are, you know, what what our bodies are? have carried, you know, from ancestors, from grandparents, mm. from our parents. And, and that is something that I am getting closer and closer to um, feeling the essence that that is what I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in reconnecting with my original ancestors grandparents parents what their stories are and i find that mm-hmm. i do that through movement and it's not necessarily through dance training but it's very much through exploring movement and in- inquiring um you know the stories that my body has to tell mm. so that that practice has you know become part of my work as well and and something that I'm really interested in in observing you know in other people's bodies when we we put the training aside which is it's beautiful and it's incredible that it's there and then how when we connect with our movement 
and our stories, how, you know, that technique can actually be um, heightened or even further possible. Mm. And, and so, like, just with you talking about, like, wanting to, I guess, learn about, you know, more about, I don't know, I've, I guess what I'm reading into it with what you've said is about, like, your culture and your ancestors through movement. You know, and I was just wondering, yeah, like how, like how you go about doing that, like because it sounds really interesting. But yeah, I was just wondering if you could explain that a bit more. Um, I think particularly in the last year that we've had, um, I had an opportunity to facilitate an embodied practice on Zoom, mm-hmm. and I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, it's it's online. It's um, it's not the essence of you know, like embodied anything. I thought you know before the year of COVID is is not possible to do online. So I really had to strip away as much as I could the aspect that was I going to teach technique online? Mm. Was I teaching? people and like facilitating an experience or opening up an experience. Um, so that really, you know, like I really, really got to, to refine what that meant, what embodiment meant for me. And it was very much about um, being in a place where we could really listen to what it is, what the impulse was, you know, of, of movement, of um, of whatever it is that they may that may be, you know, it may be just your story of, you know, you you living where you're living now, or you know, a story of something that may have happened in the morning. It you know, it may not necessarily go back into, um, you know, going into family or ancestors or anything like that. So that's something for me that became really important that in that specific moment where people were going to be doing my class, I wanted them to really be able to listen, Mm. to listen within themselves, to listen to, um, you know, whether there was going to be stillness, whether there was going to be movement, but just to really listen to what the body was saying and to what the story was there and there. And uh, the way that I I came to, to refine that was actually in me discovering and kind of asking myself questions of like why why do I do what I do and what does embodiment mean for me and I do feel that because there was such a big culture shock between um, leaving Chile at the age of eight and being so immersed in in so much um, family and you know that all questions all answers everything was dependent on this this family unit and then coming across to Australia and kind of having lost, you know, the connection with grandparents and uncles and aunties and the language, the, the food, the way of being. And uh, so I kind of came to, to, to hear that my story and the way that I move and what I'm discovering in inquiry is very much about being connected to, to where it is that I am because I do feel that, it's almost like my roots were pulled out mm. um, in leaving at such a young age yeah. and that my grounding my feet on the ground is really what connects me to to where it is that I am now. So oh, wow. that 
that was kind of a, a little discovery that I went through. But I guess it's you know facilitating an experience or just in in providing others with an opportunity for them to find their own way of what um, embodiment is for them. Is mm -hmm. um yeah, it's really it's it, I'm really curious about that. And and I mean just. Uh... I mean, like, how would you describe, um, like, what embodiment is for you? Being, I, I kind of hesitate to use the word being present, you know, because mm. we hear so much of that. And it's like, what, what does that then mean? I think it's really to be able to listen. Mm. To be able to listen without distractions. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's quite a... I, I like it in its simplicity as well, you know, and it was really nice to hear, I guess, like what you shared just then about, um, yeah, I guess finding your, you know, being disconnected from your roots in a sense or being pulled away from your roots, you know, and then finding a connection to, to place, you know, mm. through grounding with the earth. Um, and so, yeah, it's, and it's really nice to hear that that's something that you kind of came through, I guess, through movement. Yeah. 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 So it didn't happen straight away. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a discovery, which is, I think, what I love about um, being a dancer and, you know, being a, a movement teacher that um, it's, it's a life practice. It's, you know, like, mm. as long as we're able to move, I think we're, we're able to discover. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like, like what you've said now about it being a life practice, you know. I feel, yeah, I feel the same way, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, that, yeah, movement is such a special thing. Um, yeah. Um, ah, I don't know. There's just so many uh, yeah, different different routes that we can we can go down. Um, I don't know. Did you also just want to? Um, I don't know. I guess maybe talk about as well. Um, I'm really interested, I guess, in, in your, in your embodied practice as well. And maybe we can come back to that as well. Cause I, and, you know, talking about like body mind centering that you, you know, you've been involved with and like, you know, um, you know, and, and wanting to know more about these workshops that you've been running, but also just talking about maybe just stepping aside for a second to talk about your, um, yeah, maybe like how you started, um, studying dance, you know, contemporary dance and then kind of your journey, you know, from then and, and, um, yeah, I, I guess just some of some just some background, I guess, in, into that for people who might know you. Yeah, I um I finished high school, and when I actually did my last two years of high school, I um I stopped studying all of the arts subjects at school, mm. and um I got into year eleven, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take myself seriously now. I'm not going to do any art subjects because I need to take myself seriously. And um, I didn't study any art or I had actually stopped training in dance as well mm. um, outside of school at the studio. And so I didn't have any, any of that side because I, I had to take myself seriously because I was finishing school. And, um, yeah, I do not have any memories of studying really like anything in those two years except for um, I did a subject called Society and Culture yeah. and I found that really, really interesting um, in, in finding out about different cultures but socially how, um, you know, the different theorists 
had observed in the past um, how different people integrated and connected with one another and um, I found that really, really interesting and I think that that subject actually allowed me to pass my HSE. And um, the only other memory I have of those last two years of school was my biology teacher. Um, not too much on biology itself, but just she was she was just awesome. So I think the fact that I can't really remember anything else that I learnt, you know, from school in those last two years, I was like, okay, it's, it's time to now get really serious and, and go back and study the arts. So um, I remember my mum speaking to me and asking me, you know, what do you want to go and study at uni? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to uni. I um I can't imagine myself sitting behind books and a computer and, you know, just sitting there learning any of that. And then she just asked me, she's like, what can you imagine yourself doing, um, you know, even if it wasn't at uni? And I said, yeah, I said, that that's that's not going to be at university. And she was like, but what, what would it be? And I just said to her, I, I just, I want to dance. So... I really thank my mum for asking those questions and breaking it down like that because mm. um, she helped me to find, um, you know, that dance was actually available at university and that you could study it at uni. So I was really, really, I consider myself really fortunate to have um, gotten a place in the Bachelor of Arts with Major Studies in Contemporary Dance through the University of Western Sydney because um, it was a course that opened up my world of the arts, of movement, of independent dance, of the amazing independence that we have in Australia. Um, yeah, just, you know, like had lecturers like Kay Armstrong and Gary Lester and uh, Bernadette Wallong and just independent people that would come in and, it was just amazing. It was like a, a big, you know, like it was play. It mm. was really, really, it was like play. Like I just remember always, um, you know, we were making, we were creating, we were always learning new dances and it was very much about concept-based work. Mm. Um, it wasn't really ever like here's the choreography, learn it, you know, go and perform it. Um, and then the build, the course um, got like I guess a bit of an upgrade where we moved into Wellington, I think Wellington, Warrington, um, which is next to Penrith. And there was these incredible facilities that were built and, you know, that meant that we had more and more lecturers but we were also interacting with the performance degree and the music degree and we had a theatre that was set up there. So I got to dip my feet in a little bit into the theatre subjects and some theatre projects which... It was just incredible, you know. It was just like it was amazing how projects were always popping up and it was. It just felt like we were always, like I was playing, you know. Mm. Like I just remember it was like a, a big kid's playground in regards to theatre and the arts and um, just those experiences and, you know, some of the activities that we did with the independence that would come in. It was just, it was definitely the, the nurturing of um and the nourishment you know like uh, as a base of of my my current practice mm -hmm. um and then after that i just kind of continued to to search for those people and those projects 
and the opportunities that would allow for um, for just different perspectives into movement and the arts and um, you know just always really I guess that led me to performance art which was a, a new area of performance um, which I think is how we met in, in that kind of area and um, yeah, it's kind of just really allowed me to do a whole heap of different styles of, of movement and working with, you know, a lot of different um, national and international artists. And um, I think, you know, now that I I have, I guess, had a, a break from doing that performance work in, in 2020, that it's been um, that all the projects somehow have a common thread for me um, which is just, again, going back to that innate movement mm -hmm. and the, I guess the transformations that the body goes through um, in, you know, in kind of tapping into um, different parts of us to, to tell us um, how to move. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, ah. Yeah, it's really nice to hear about your journey and like hearing about, um, yeah, I guess like, you know, from your studies to then, you know, um, I guess being in play, as you say, you know, while, um, while being at uni and then finding, you know, performance, you know, performance art. Um, yeah, I guess like, you know, along, along the way, like, I guess, is there been, um, yeah, I guess who have been maybe some like, other artists or other dancers that you felt um, inspired or influenced by? Mm. Wow, that's that's a big question. There's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many amazing, incredible artists that. Um, yeah, that's. I think because of my my yoga practice with. Um, Bianca Matchless and Simon Brock Olivier. I've been really, really interested in anatomically how the body moves from from that side of it, but also from you know like the spiritual connection and the spiritual side of of yoga, and then you know the physical side of it as well. Um, They've definitely been a, a massive inspiration for me in, in moving safely, mm. um, particularly, you know, in, as we kind of start to get older and then continuing to to be interested in moving in ways that I will be able to keep my body safe and not injured. Mm. So that that's definitely been an influence that has been a big part of what kinds of projects to look for where I'm not going to be thrashing my body as a dancer pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and also like not just my body but my mind in, in trying to like, oh, how do I get that movement? Like I can't get it. You know, my body's not not kind of doing it right technically and, and just being more like nicer <laughs> to myself yeah. Yeah. as a mover. <laughs> Um, in in physically and emotionally, just not not thrashing, you know, and just going, okay, what what feels good, um, what you know, what what feels right, 
and that has placed me in these incredible projects where those two sides have come together. Mm. So it's like the, you know, the meditative side of, of moving and the physical um, uh, how can I say the physical demanding part of, of movement has come together so they've both really nurtured each other um, I really really found like one a project that first kind of comes to mind with that where those two elements came together was definitely working with the um, Marina Abovich method mm. um, where it was very very meditative Parts of it were very meditative. Um, and then there was a real, you know, kind of still um, demanding way of moving and doing the training that we did initially to then take people through the different um, exercises that were available for the public. Mm. And that, you know, that was really, for me, fulfilling in the sense that, like, my, my these two worlds that I had been living separately you know, like my yoga training and my physical demanding dance training kind of came together and it was like, oh, okay, I can actually do both of this. These two worlds merged them together and it was it was quite, it was really satisfying to just know that I could, you know, really nurture myself through movement, you know, that I could really nourish every part of me through movement. Um, and then, you know, like I, I just continued to, to kind of look for those projects and I think I... A lot of those projects have been through um, Caldor Public Art Projects. Mm. So really fortunate. Um, I also did a, a project, I think it was the first project that I did with Caldor Public Arts, which was Tino Segal's work, and that was very physically demanding. Um, very, like, just like, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was quite full on. So, you know, again, bringing in that, that, um, and I guess now that I think about it, quite durational works as well that were quite physically demanding and, and finding how to um, physically manage, you know, and emotionally um, manage those those rigorous tasks that we were asked to do through mm. the different um, demands of the projects. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, um, it's really cool to hear about Marina Abramovich and how, uh, so I'm assuming like that, that she's influenced your practice or would you say that the, her work is, is kind of where you've, is what you felt inspired by? Sorry, Adam, I missed you there. The, yeah, that, the video froze a little bit. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just I was just saying, like, is it? would you say that you were influenced by Marina Abramovich or more that the work that she had, I guess, had an impact on you? Um, hmm. I think it's it's really highlighted. It, yeah, being, being part of those projects has really highlighted um, the practices that I have experienced and how we can take those practices into 
choreography into movement into really um, strenuous physical training, like how we can take you know those those meditative practices and put them together in order for the the mover to continue to to move without injury, without you know to move in a really safe conscious way. Mm. So it's almost been like what I have found from from putting those practices together and from working in those projects is that stillness has become such an important part of really vigorous training. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. (laughs) Um, And is that um, then how you came to find um, your interest with embodiment and body-mind centering? Sorry, I didn't get yeah. one either. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just saying, is that also how um, your interest in body-mind centering and embodiment came about, like through these projects? Yeah, I think body-mind centering just brought it all together for me. I um, I remember doing a project back... Um, Wow, when was it? Would have been quite a while back now, but it was when I when I started doing independent. Just before you actually go on, could you also maybe just um, for people who don't know what body mind centering is, just give them a brief like introduction on on what it is, and then and yeah, then you can go on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, body mind centering was um, has been founded by Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen, who is American. And um, it is a practice where we are uh, questioned, where we inquire um, where it is that particular systems of the body are at. And we do that through a whole heap of different methods. We, you know, a big part of body-mind centering, which is really important, is touch and um, as well as listening, as well as um, anatomy is, is quite a big part. But I say anatomy with, with a, a very deep listening um, of anatomy uh, as well as, you know, like the physiology of, of that part of it and how the whole body functions. So it's, it's quite a... A practice where we we do a lot of the listening, um, you know, through movement and inquiry and constantly investigating. It looks a lot at the our fundamental movements of you know how we start moving as um, as humans and how you know that that process really starts. Like our movement actually begins um, from conception. You know, we, we look at movement as far back as that and then um, continue to go through all the different systems of the body, um, such as the bones. You know, you look at the heart as well, the, the, all the different and important parts. And then more than anything, how all those different parts connect together to make us. Yeah, cool. And, and sorry, and then... And before I rudely interrupted, you, did you want to continue about what you were about to say? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in regards to, like, my experience that I've had with body-mind centering, it, um, it pretty much it brought it all together. You know, it brought my, my dance practice together, my training that I had had, 
uh, performance art, improvisation, um, you know, the whole looking into different concepts of creative projects and my, um, you know, spiritual side of my yoga training. It was, um, it, I really felt like I had arrived home mm. when I first um, did my first few classes with Alice Cummings in Melbourne mm. at um, Cecil Street Studio. It was, yeah, it was like, okay, this, this is it. You know, this is, this is something. And, and, yeah, it was amazing how it just brought all those different parts together, the, um, the different ways of looking at, at different bodies from actually being in the movement, you know, with all the different dancers in the improvisation classes were just incredible. And then I, I just really was quite curious, and I continue to be curious about what my um, my body has, you know, in store to to tell me. So I, I keep training and I keep discovering, and and I find that that um, you know has has really been able to um, I've really been able to place little you know essences of the work into my my dance teaching yeah cool um we might have to um oh this this interview could go on for a lot longer but we might might have to wrap it up um quite soon um i guess yeah is there anything that you wanted to um to share about your dance that you haven't kind of shared about so far that like that you find you know quite important what you're doing now you know where you're doing where people can find you i don't know yeah I think I just I consider myself really, really fortunate to have had the opportunities to have worked in so many different dance styles. You know, like I, I did professional salsa dancing for a while. Um, you know, that, that took me into doing a whole heap of other different world dances in a professional dance company which was called Viva Brazil with Christina Ramond and Ney. Um, yeah, just I, I feel really, really fortunate to have been able to tap into so many different cultures through being able to train in different styles of dance mm. and, you know, just how that's really, really resonated with me and how important it is to open up, you know, dance to to as many of us as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um and I kind of asked this question to like um, different people, like, you know, like why is it that they dance, you know? And, and I guess you talking about before the distinction between dance and movement, I was, I guess like, why is it that maybe, yeah. Why is it that you move? Like, and um, yeah. And, and why is it that you dance? Yeah. I move because it nourishes my creativity and I move because it nourishes my connections to others. Yeah, that's really nice. Oh, it's been a it's been a pleasure chatting with you, G. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ads. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for being available. Um, yeah, to have a chat with us today um, about your connection with movement and dance. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Um, go well and yeah wish um all, all the best for you with um yeah with um 2021 and with your with your movement and your little bubs um yeah i was gonna say i just really really want to acknowledge you and you know creating this incredible 
project in the middle of a 2020 year and, you know, also bringing up a, a tiny human into the world. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much for following up and um, for creating the opportunity. Ah, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, thanks again. Um, all right, well, I guess, um, I guess we'll, we'll end it there, but it's been, yeah, it's been great. Thanks again, G.